0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome to episode six of the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. I am your host, Josh Levine, and I am joined here by my longtime friend and my co-host, Travis Hatch. And today, we have an awesome guest for y'all, one of the most genuine humans I've ever had the pleasure of knowing and calling a friend, my man, Alex Robles. Alex, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: That was... So kind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing good. Got my coffee and my water, and I'm good. Good. Yeah.
0: Well, I had to give you a, an excellent intro. Um, Alex, like, has been one of my confidants after the passing of my dog. He was like the first one to bring me a gift of her. Like, he, you lost your dog recently too?
1: Yeah, about a month before I would say you lost yours. Yeah. So it was just weird because like there's like a transition where you realize your dog is sick and then you're like oh I'm gonna do everything for my dog it's gonna be great it's gonna be wonderful it's gonna be easier when it happens and then it happens and you're like it doesn't get easy your whole <laughs> no, world comes crashing down yeah you just watch new girl for seven weeks <laughs> long and <For> <laughs> hide in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah.
0: And like cry at everything.
1: Uh, well, it's funny. Cause like I dropped the ball twice when I was at work, I had like a new client and one client that I just totally forgot. Cause I forgot to put him in my calendar. Cause the mm-hmm. day I was talking to him, uh, we were scheduling for her son to come in and that was the day I had to take Chewy into like, mm-hmm. uh, I was there for that. I think yeah, they came in call, and yeah, I was he like, he's me. not here today. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, that could have been like, oh, I don't know where he is. And then like, you called me and you're like, Hey man. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, I understood the reality of what, like the emotions that happened. So I was like, Oh God, he's going through yeah. it now. Like, all right, well. How can we make this a little easier
0: oh dude it was amazing yeah. like you started a cascade of people just giving me gifts and yeah. like pictures of luna and you gave it to me and i was like okay Don't cry. keep it together and then i got home and i just cried forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my friends gave me a
1: pillow that had a picture of me and cheer on it, it says like, oh. friends forever and as soon as she gave it to me i was like ugly crying in the middle of the ghetto <laughs> i just <was> like <laughs> oh, i love it so much you hear you
2: heard it here first on this podcast <laughs> Guys who fight also cry and watch New Girl too. Yeah. So.
1: Crying is yeah. cool, just so you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, bodybuilders <laughs> and, like, very aggressive humans <laughs> and people who fight other people and punch them in the face
1: cry. You got to you Yeah. Gotta. So, right.
0: yeah, you, you punch people in the face. Well, you At least you used, used to. You used kick to. people in the face.
1: There's no better feeling in the world than successfully kicking somebody in the head and making them feel sad about it. Like, <laughs> straight up. You can do anything. You can have... Sex with your fucking, you know, celebrity crush or whatever, and that's cool. But when there's someone, especially who's taller and you just get a foot connection to their head and you just see them get sad, you're just like, Gotcha, bitch. (laughs) I did it. it. There's no better feeling. That's awesome. No better feeling. So, So
0: you've been a fighter for most of your life, right? Like, what's tell us about how this all started? What's your background?
1: So my background is in like traditional martial arts. Started with taekwondo. I did that for 28 years. Like, started when I was like four. Five, as a little kid, because my dad was actually a martial artist. So he was um, he started with karate, and then karate is a little bit different, like the sparring style wise. Like you, as soon as you get a point, you have to stop, and then you have to reset again. And he didn't like that. He wanted to continuously fight, and so he found himself uh, into a taekwondo studio when he was living uh, in Europe, and then that just transitioned to him teaching his kids, and we just we had no other choice essentially when we were kids. Like you just like put your kids in sports, you put in martial arts or whatever. And then we just, my brother and I stuck with it since, cause it was just like, felt like normal. You know what I mean? Like you just like, I don't know. You go to school, you don't think about like, Oh, why do I have, like you just have to go to school. Cause it's like a social standard in my house. Like you go to school, you go to training, you go home. And that was just like the normal scene in my house. So, When you get to, like, a certain age, I would say, like, 12 is when you, like, either kind of just do Taekwondo just to, like, do Taekwondo or you get into sport Taekwondo. And sport Taekwondo is when, like, you want to go into more sparring competitions and you get into, like, this different class. There's, like, U.S. Open, then, like, Olympics and World Championships and stuff like that. So... When you go to practice, you don't really wear like a traditional uniform anymore. You just wear like what you wear to the gym and you start cutting weight and you start getting in the weight class and you start taking just like a little bit more serious route than you would just like, oh, I go to tag one on Tuesday and Thursday nights, just the, you know, exercise or whatever you want to use it for. So when I was 12, that's when it like split into, all right, I want to start taking it more serious. I'm better at it than I thought I was like sparring wise. And I started winning more. And so it just kind of trajected me on this like path of taking it serious training, adding more to my training, like running. We didn't really weight lift back then. Cause you know, it was fucking 12. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't really, they do. still thought it was bad. For you, back <laughs> yeah, <then. laughs> you just didn't know. We just genuinely didn't know what, how to lift for sport back then. So all we did was just like go for runs, um, like, body weight stuff, push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, a lot of uh, air squats, and then you just spar and just do specific Taekwondo drills, and then you do that, like, in the morning before school, go to school, go back to training at night. And that was just, like, my life for 20-something years.
0: When did you start coaching?
1: Well, it was a transition because I was teaching Taekwondo. So it's really easy to, like, when you start training, then you start, like, teaching, like, sparring classes or, like, just traditional classes. And so I... Saw like a niche for like group training and stuff like that, making a difference. So I would start doing private Taekwondo lessons and like, cause I, you don't make any money as a Taekwondo instructor. It's like maybe 10 bucks an hour and you work four hours a shift or however like the school's open. So you're not making any money. So in order to make extra, you start like telling people, like, oh, hey, let's work outside of like, you should, like work on your technique, let's do this. And then that transition when I was about 20. People started asking me like, uh, like some of my friends like, oh, I want to learn how to like do some kickboxing and stuff like. that. Because I did boxing in between, um, which is probably a pretty important part of the story because like that's what I do now. But like when I was like a teenager, I started cross training in boxing, kickboxing, stuff like that because Taekwondo fighters were really good with our feet. But we, so the rule, basic rules of Taekwondo is you can kick to the body, you can kick to the head, and you can punch to the body. You can't kick to the leg can't punch to the face. So specific rules. Mm -hmm. So my, it was my dad's idea for me to go see a boxing coach um, in Costa Mesa, California. And just to get my head movement down just a little bit better, because like you, if you can move your feet, we don't, we do move our head, but like enough to just avoid, but he wanted me to get just a little bit more comfortable uh, with head and upper body movement. So
2: was that to like further improve your Taekwondo or or was it like, did you have thoughts of like mixed martial arts or anything like that? Specifically
1: at that point was everything I did was to improve my technique. So I even did ballet. I did Pilates. I did yoga. I did all these things just to work on my flexibility strength. Plus there's like a lot of, beautiful women in ballet and Pilates and, <laughs> and yoga. So I wasn't mad about going. You're like 20 years old. Yeah, like, oh, I can do okay, a Huge I'm cool. perv. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> I'll stay <laughs> like, respectful perv. You know what I mean? Not crossing any boundaries, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I started doing boxing and then like, I never, I knew I was just using boxing as a sense of cross training. I never did it in my mind. say like, Oh, I'm going to get into MMA. I'm going to get into kickboxing. I'm going to get into this. So it was all specifically for that. And then um, there wasn't, like, a social media outlet for, like, posting videos of boxing. So it was, like, MySpace and Facebook at the time. But um, people in my inner circle, like, knew that I was, like, boxing and stuff like that. Like, maybe some, like, pictures would be posted. And so people say, oh, I've always wanted to learn how to box. Oh, I've always wanted to learn how to, like, kick and stuff. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm a Taekwondo Studio. And, like, I can just show you basic shit. So it started when I was about 20. Starting doing like teaching Taekwondo and then taking Taekwondo fighters and, you know, doing private lessons. And then that led to like my friends wanting to learn how to box or kickbox or whatever. And then that just kind of projected into what I created now. That's
0: awesome. So,
2: when was, I, I like what you do now. It's so really when cool. do you think you like started at like coach, you know, when was like your first like client So coaching?
1: it's like a two part series on that because I grew up in California. Then I moved to Colorado six years ago. And then I was doing it, like, just kind of on the side in California because my main thing was just training. So, like, I would just do it on the side, not really as a job, but I was, like, I had five people that every, you know, now and again I would train. But when I moved to Colorado, that's when I started taking it more serious because I started working at, like, UFC Gym I had just bought LA Boxing mm-hmm. at that time. And so um, – I was just looking for a job. I was working at like a restaurant and all this stuff while I was in school too when I came back or when I moved here. And I was like, my main, my main goal when I moved to Colorado is because I made Team USA Taekwondo and the uh, Olympic Training Center was in Colorado Springs. But I didn't want to live in Colorado Springs because it's Colorado Springs. No <laughs> offense. Um, and so my friend, uh, shout out Brian Gallagher and his dad, he, they owned a uh, Taekwondo studio in Littleton. And so I just moved to Littleton, trained with them there, went to the Olympic Training Center on the weekends, and then I was like, I need a job that I don't hate where I just go and I'm a bartender, bar bag, restaurant kind of thing. And so I just applied to uh, UFC gym because one of my friends uh, worked at one in California. He's like, yeah, you get a job easy. It's just holding mitts, group fitness. You've already done it before. Like, it's pretty much like teaching a taekwondo class, but for everyday people and – you just kind of make it your own. So I started with UFC gym and then UFC gym, the location uh, in Littleton shut down and they moved everybody to uh lone tree. They had more coaches than they had uh client or like members and clients and stuff. So a lot of us that were new, we just got let go. And then that's when I worked at streets fitness. That was in Nevada. It's now it was on warden 64th. It's now an animal hospital. But it mm-hmm. used to be yep. a boxing, kickboxing gym. Where, where that 24 yep. hour fitness you worked at. I know yeah. exactly where that is. So yep. before that 24-hour fitness was there, it was at Group Fitness Gym. And then this is a story for a different time. But there's a guy, the owner, Brian, originally, he was uh, one of the best dudes. He's the one who kind of helped me with my career and how to do it. Like how to get clients and how to like be more of like a business person. Because I was just like teaching boxing and kickboxing classes and group fitness. And then I just didn't really care about anything else after that. He's like, Oh, like all these people want to work with you doing mitts. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can do mitts. Like I can, you know, but I didn't really have like a, a format for it. I was just like, you know, jab, cross, all right, move. And it was just really unorganized. You know what I mean? And then he kind of helped me like just get clients, like how to sell myself to get a clientele And that's when I was, like, getting more confidence in myself and, like, becoming, like, an actual, like, trainer and stuff. And then it's when I actually met Gio uh, at V3 after uh, the gym shut down. And it pretty much just went out of business. Um, And I met Gio at V3. It's, like, where we all came, like, from V3 to Relive. And Gio, actually, he, former pro boxer, and he just had this, like, uh, structure on how to coach fitness boxing mm-hmm. and not just boxing for fighters and stuff like that and how to have you know organization and a structure and like learn how to do combinations. And it's more like fitness boxing for everyday people. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew how to like hold mitts for like throw a punch, throw a kick, but there was no organization whatsoever. So it's like for example, somebody coming in and wanting to work out with you and just be like, all right, let's deadlift. All right, we're done with deadlift. Let's go do some shoulder press over there. And like, you're still working them out, but there's no structure. Like what mm. am I doing? Like, yeah. Like you need a plan. Exactly. You that's don't, organized. Yeah. You just don't like, all right, well let's just throw across again. or are like, oh, let's <laughs> learn this. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I had no real structure on how to do something. Cause like training a fighter and training, Everyday people are two totally different. Well, yeah, I was gonna think of
0: that. And also, like you had only been up to this point pretty much just a fighter, so yeah. like you'd been told what to do to get really good at fighting, yeah, to get you to a level where you could potentially you were en route to go to the Olympics, yeah. And now you're trying to like, okay, how do I scale that back? How do I and give... apply it to normal people?
1: Yeah, so we're trying to say like, how do people learn? Like, have fun doing boxing and kickboxing and all that stuff without, like, having to go, like, that fighter out. Because a lot of the gyms at the time, like, in California especially, there was, like, HB Ultimate and all these uh, other gyms that, like, it was pretty much geared towards, like, fighters and then they had group fitness and stuff like that. But no one was really tapping into, like, just boxing for cardio or something like that. People would just do a group fitness class and then they leave. And then so it kind of took a different turn. And then when I met Gio, like, I saw, like, UFC gym had a decent structure of that. And then what me and Gio did for a little bit, we did get fit punching, uh, which was pretty much his idea. He just brought me on and like he helped me like learn how to have turn this into a business plan versus just hold mids for people having fucking hit me for six hours a day, you know. So yeah. it actually like shout out to Gio Merceron, he pretty much helped me where like grow my career into something that I know how to sell versus like, yeah, you want to come hit shit? Like, cool. And then now it's like, I have, I have a way to explain It's like fitness boxing. It's a different version of cardio, get you off the treadmill, do something fun. And then the goal is to just like, yeah, you do learn how to throw a proper punch. Technique is important to just avoid injury, but you're not, I'm not trying to turn you into a fighter. I'm not going to say like, go to freaking, you know, downtown Denver and get in a fight. And you'll see yeah. what you learn. So. Although
0: that being said, like I've, <laughs> some of the people that you and Geo coach at Relive, like there's, there's some girls in there and I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. I don't want to, I
1: would not yeah. want to fuck with them. I have one thing, Casey, <laughs> I, I always forget what she does for a living, but it's, it's literally, I just, it's funny because I was like, Someone commented on a video, like I posted like last year of her. She's like, "Yo, is she, like, what, is she training for like a fight?" I was like, "Dude, she's like an accountant. She's training for Tuesday meetings. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. no, <laughs> like she's not a fighter, but like she can throw a very like she's very talented. And then I have this guy mm-hmm. Todd Jackson who's like sixty, who just he hits so hard and he just knows how I've to seen use him his butt. Yeah, yep.
0: he, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks like he looks like a boxer. Oh yeah. So do, most of your clients, did they? Were they into either martial arts or were they into boxing before, or like what? What do you think most commonly makes people want to either get into fighting or get into learning how to throw mats? Well,
1: it's it. Majority of my clientele when it like I've had the same clients for like five years, and they follow yeah. me everywhere I go, and like I I've never because I was in school, so I was only working part time. When I graduated, I opened my clientele more, um, but it was it started with like those group classes, so like boxing classes and. Kickboxing classes, and then it's one thing to do a combination on a bag because like the bag doesn't hit back, it doesn't move. You can kind of just get it, and then to yeah, do I, it, I hate it. it. Yeah, it's, hate it, look, it looks boring. So. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's not for if that's why you have to add certain things to a group fitness like boxing class. That's why it's not just the whole time spent on a bag. Like you get up, mm-hmm. you do like body weight exercises or just like active rest that we, we call it. But like you spend. So much time on a bag, and you don't really know how good your technique is unless like I'm standing right next to you and like it's just it's a lot harder to gauge. Once you get on the mitts it's way easier to gauge like distance, timing, and all this stuff. So once I did mitts with everybody, mm-hmm. like certain people, it sold itself. I didn't have to do That's anything. Really I was cool. like, yo, what are you doing tomorrow? Oh, all right, meet me here at three o'clock, let's do some mitts. And once they started doing mitts, they're like can come oh, back this is week? way yeah, more yeah. fun yeah. yeah and they just literally stayed consistent with me like i've had maybe three people quit only because they moved away yeah and like everyone has stayed loyal and like the funniest thing is like i don't know if it's still there but where we work there is um or where we used to on warden 64 there was a um nine rounds which is like uh, the group fitness gym it's not there anymore yeah it, it was there and I think two or three of my clients uh, left me to go work out there just because it was more affordable. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, it's like 75 bucks a month and I get unlimited classes with boxing. They come back? They came back like two (laughs) weeks later. Like, dude, it sucked. Like, the boxing was just not that good. And I feel bad because, like, uh, in that area of, like, Arvada, Wheat Ridge, there's not many boxing gyms or fitness boxing gyms. There's... Um, we're Justin Gagey, UFC fighter. There's like he trains like three doors down from where we are at relive. Really? Yeah. He's really close. Yeah. What? Yeah, but he's at Easton, right? Or he was at Easton, but um uh with his coach, I'm blanking on his name right now, and he's a fucking talented boxing coach. Um he trains like Rose Namayunis, uh Justin Gagey, and like uh all these top fighters, but that's just like a fighting gym. Like I don't think they have any You'll have Jem Pop it. going there. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, it's it's like and it I, I think his time is mainly spent with like making the gear that he has like oh uh, Onyx and then, you know, training his fighters and stuff like that. So he's a far more talented you know, boxing coach than I'll ever be, but he's got a he's specific also demographic. Fighters. Exactly. Yeah. He's got a different demographic, so it's hard for them to find, you know, I think one of the most of the UFC gyms here actually like even close except for one. Yeah, I don't think there are any. Yeah, so one in, like, Westminster or something, and that's so... Yeah, there's one,
2: like, over on the east Mm -hmm. side, I think.
1: so they have a decent structure, like, what I pretty much do, but, you know, when people try to, like, explore other, like, avenues of boxing, fitness boxing, they always come back because it's, like, A, my personality is not, like, yeah, I'm not... People True. want to spend time with you. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm not, i just make it fun. It's like you're going to work out with your friends and you're shooting the shit, and then you're unloading everything from your work week on me. I was yep. like, All right. Yeah. Like, bitch. Yeah. You get the to <laughs>
0: you get to hit people. <laughs> yeah. And like they're okay and it feels good. Yeah. The other thing that you do, and I think this is something. This is something that I want to drive home for a lot of people because I don't know how commonly known this is, um, but you train at least one client who has Parkinson's. Yes. And I don't I I don't know how commonly known it is that. Boxing is really good for people, or, or at least throwing mitts is really good for people with Parkinson's.
1: Yeah. So I had, so pre COVID, I had two programs and then like my everyday clients. I had a youth program. And well, I still have my youth program and I still have my Parkinson's program, but they just kind of changed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one client right now who has Parkinson's. His name is Hans. He is the funniest dude on the planet. Like, he swears more than I do. And I was like, dude, that was a good start. He's like, I got plenty of time to fuck it up. Like, don't worry. And so he's like, if even if he's my only, I work maybe 30 minutes away. If he and he's his training sessions are just 30 minutes long. And if he's my only client in the morning, I'll still show up. Like, he's just, he makes it fun. He's great. But yeah, there's a, um, so what boxing does for people with Parkinson's, it just kind of helps like synapses in the brain fire a little bit more real quick. I also have a degree in biology from Metro go fucking road runners or whatever. <laughs> so uh, the way I use my degree is like not in a traditional sense because I did mainly go the neuroscience route because I didn't want to be like a lab tech or a, like a neurologist or a neurosurgeon or anything. I wanted to bridge the gap between exercise and neurological disorders because I feel exercise is, a very underrated medicine still today because there's all these like, even we had a conversation before the pod, like nutrition, there's always like a fat burning pill. There's like all these medications to stop, you know, tremors from, so people with Parkinson's, what happens is, is they don't suffer from Parkinson's itself. They suffer from the side effects of Parkinson's, which is like the tremoring, the freezing, the respiratory issues that come with it. So what boxing does is it keeps their brain, and their mechanical skills firing at the same time. So mm-hmm. they're not just throwing punches like Hans has to think. Like I give him combinations, slip, roll, body. And that comes with a sequence of punches that he has to do. So now he's working mechanically and he's working cognitively mm-hmm. as well.
0: And He's also getting feedback. Exactly. When, he, when his hand hits yours, yeah, he gets feedback.
1: Yeah, and so it just helps with his tremoring. That's the majority of it because you're working out what is essentially being attacked for the most part if to put it in layman's terms. So like you're fighting against the tremoring and the neurological, like uh gap between your brain and your mechanics. So we're just kind of working that out. So he's able to move, move, move and think, okay, I have to use my brain. Cause he said, I have to slip. Now my brain has to tell my hands to throw the punches and then I have to move my body and then come back. So it all like, he's told me that like his tremoring has gotten better Uh, his balance because like a lot of people with Parkinson's, they have like balance issues and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So his balance has gotten better, his tremors have gotten smaller, and he's actually weaned himself off of like ninety percent of his medication that he was on before. So I was like, that is so sick. So
0: yeah, that feels good. That like that part as a coach feels really good. Yeah,
1: when people like come, it's not even because I've had people who've like, you know we'll call obesity a disease. Like they suffer from like crazy obesity and they take all these like high blood pressure pills or like mm-hmm. cholesterol and stuff like, that and they just start working out. And then with over time, they're like, Oh yeah, I haven't like had to take all this medication before. And so like when people can start using exercise as medication, they see themselves not self-medicating in other places. And you're mm-hmm. like, dude, that's so sick. So yeah, it feels really good as a
0: coach. Oh, that's, yeah. Like getting people results externally is one thing, but when you optimize someone's internal health, you're know, like fix the way their body works. hmm it is really, really cool because that means as much as people want to look good and feel good, they want to look good and feel good for a longer time.
1: Right. So that was the thing that like sells like the Parkinson's program is that like you there's no cure for it, unfortunately, but yeah. you can literally just give them a higher, longer quality of life yep. too because like you can be heavily medicated, but you're just sitting there heavily medicated. Yeah. And you, Parkinson's usually attacks people that are older. So... What do they have to look for? Like, unless you're like grumpy old men and you just want to sit out front and like talk shit on kids, <laughs> that's something to look forward to. I'm all about that. But just it's sit also, on your stoop yeah, and <laughs> talk like, shit. Goddamn kids! Like, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for. that. I do that now. Like but, Dennis the Menace. Or yeah, something. like Walter Matthau and grumpy old men. Like I vision myself as that when I'm older, and I can't wait. But, <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is, is like they when I was at Streets, we had a Parkinson's class. So it also gives them like a social hour, something to look forward to. They come in, they box, they get a good exercise and they hang out with people their age with the same condition and they just improve their quality of life right then. And so they don't have to be on as many medications as they are and they get to come in like workout and they get to just have like a, you know, a feel good moment. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so okay, while you're talking about all this and I always, whatever I explain you to people, I, <laughs> I do, I do... Tell them like you're covered in tattoos, you're a fighter, you, like you could seriously injure people. your hands are prob- <laughs> your feet hands and feet are probably registered as weapons, but you're the nicest, most genuine person I've ever met. So it kind of goes against a lot of stereotypes that most people have about fighters. Like you watch UFC, you're like, okay, these two guys are just trying to kill each other. Yeah like what's, like what's going on? So like are most fighters like you? It, I don't want to, like, general. Yeah, well, okay,
1: so UFC is a little bit different because you have people that just want to sell fights, and what better way to sell fights is just talking shit. And yeah, true. Okay. So, But you also have people like the champion, like Khabib. He's the kind of guy who just says, like, I don't need to talk shit to sell a fight. People just want to watch me fight. So mm-hmm. when him and Justin Gagey were going to fight the last time, there was, like, no bad blood, no shit talking, no whatever. But it's also, like, where
2: you grow up and how you are kind of thing like and also at his like at his stage it's people want to see him lose. It, yeah. So exactly. he doesn't really have so, to sell But anybody who's like coming up has to like Yeah.
1: So like Colby Covington, if any of you heard yeah. of him, he like I he's n- never gonna hear me say this. So I'm not worried about it. But like <laughs> um unless he watches this uh podcast. So shout out to That'd Colby Covington if you do. <laughs> <That'd be> super <laughs> sick, <laughs> but you can yeah. come on if you want. <laughs> yeah I'd love to have you on. Yeah so he uh, it's one of those things where he has he's apparently like a really nice guy in real life, but he puts his persona on like this MAGA persona, this like, you know, the people's champ or the, I don't know what his gimmick is, but he just Kinda like WWE. Style. Yeah. He has this like, you know, Oh, you know, I don't know. I, he just has that, but like most, f- I think cause I came from traditional martial arts, mm-hmm. it starts and ends with respect. So you yeah. bow in, You bow out no matter what, and it's always yes, sir, no, sir kind of thing. And so when I was a teenager, I was definitely a knucklehead. Like I would go to like, you know, punk rock and hardcore shows and then like go to Del Taco and get into fights after. But it was nothing (laughs) like I was still – I try to be a nice person, especially towards like my inner circle. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But like I also maybe suffered from like that Napoleon complex because I'm small, and I was even smaller than I was before because I fought at 139 pounds. So, Damn. I would walk around like one forty five, one fifty, and then cut. So like I'd always think people wanted to fight me because I was small. And so, like, I always had to just like feel like I had to defend myself. And like I mentioned before, like my bro, I have an older brother who's like six foot, maybe six two, two something, and he had like everyone else like a attitude problem when he was an adolescent. So he would like, Get in a fight with somebody in an argument with somebody his size, his uh, his um, his weight and everything. He's like, no, this isn't a fair fight. You have to fight my brother. And they always need like, oh, who's your fucking? Oh, you got a fucking bigger brother? Like, whatever, pussy. And then, like, hmm. he's like, no, you got to fight him. Out. And, like, I'm like five foot nothing on a good day, 139 pounds. I'm like, why do I have to fight him? He's like, yeah, because it's a more even fight. Plus, like, I don't want to. I was like, God damn it. God damn so, it. like, <laughs> he would always instigate all these fights and then he'd have me do it. And just because it was, like, for his own entertainment or whatever. And, like, because he was your big brother. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff. But, like, That's I, what older I, brothers
0: do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think, like, teaching taekwondo, like, that kind of, like, grounded me into like i can't be a hypocrite i can't tell these kids like oh you can't fight outside of the studio Mm -hmm. and like me go get into a fight and then like be a good person and then me like you know disrespect people or whatever so that kind of humbles you i think
2: from like this the stereotype side of things too is it's like the like the fighting and the aggression is coming from you being an adolescent male it's not coming from training fighting right right right. if anything that an outlet yeah it's an outlet yeah. and probably teaches you like the more the more you feel competent with like your hands and fighting the less insecure you're going to be therefore the less you're going to need to strike out at exactly
1: I um, always tell people like uh like especially like the kids that I used to go to school like before COVID I used to go to schools and like talk to kids and stuff like that and like um I always say like the toughest guy in the room is usually the quiet one not the one who's like oh I'm like you know, yes. talking shit like, I'll fuck you all, I'll do all my bad motherfucker. Like, no, you do that to sell fights or whatever. But if you're just like a regular dude, like you don't need to be vocal about how tough you are. Cause if you need to be tough, like you'll, you know, it'll come out, which mm-hmm. I have a side story, really funny story. When you first started working at Relive, mm-hmm. we always, me and Evan and, scuba steve and i think tom was working there at the time and yep. you had came in and like i i think i saw you when i because i used to work at 24 hour fitness uh where you worked oh so i saw you but like i was like is that, i think he works at 24 hour fitness but we had this like jokingly no new friends <laughs> mentality we're like well who the fuck is this guy and i was like well he comes into our house he's got to introduce himself oh i'm not just gonna walk up and introduce myself that's not how it works and then <laughs> uh i can't remember Wait. who said it but it was uh i think Tom was trying to instigate something. He was he just like, he was, he yeah. told me not <laughs> to like, introduce yeah, myself exactly. to you. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, you should just like shoulder shrug Alex as you walk by. And Evan was like, that may not be a good idea. Cause I was just kind of kicking the head right after yeah. that. I was like, I'm not some like asshole who's just, like, just going to start shit just to start shit. But like, we jokingly had this like, well, I'm not gonna choose myself firstly. Like, well, no, he's got to do it. Tom's such an asshole.
0: <laughs> Tom, Tom was playing both sides. Tom was like, "Dude, don't talk to Alex." First of all, he doesn't shut up, and second of all, he's like just not a nice guy. He's probably not gonna talk to you. Don't even worry about him. Just like ignore him. And at that point, he he, he did he did tell me that he was like, you "Should probably just like shoulder shrug him on, on your way by, like you're way bigger than him." And I hadn't seen you like train at that point either, so I was like, "Oh yeah, like what?" <laughs> not like I was actually gonna do it. Yeah. But then I saw you. train. Train one day, and I was like, okay. I thought I was afraid of Gio and like, I I, I could yeah. be two of the nicest guys I've ever met in my entire life. But um, and then I saw you kick, and I was like, oh, he's scary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, at that point, I was like, uh, like I like Evan and I were just like talking to Tom. I was like, are you just wanting to see a fight happen? Like, are you just this bored and stuff? And then like you came into work, and like, of course, he is. yeah. We just I was like, oh, I'm trying. To, oh, I'm Alex, and then like it just kind of like yeah. hit it off pretty well after that because like our personalities at the gym all lined up. There's yep. like. A few people that come and work into the gym that, like, they're there and they're nice and you say, what's up? But you just don't, like, really... Yep. You click, but it's just more, like, a friendly... They just do their thing. working by Exactly. And then... uh, But going back to your original question, it was just, like, there is a stereotype, I think, with professional fighters and, like, the MMA kind of scene. But I think it's uh, not who they really are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think most people who are genuine... If you're a street fighter, then yeah, you're probably an asshole and you just...
0: If you were in the movie Never Back Down, you're probably an (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Yeah,
1: if you are a Cobra Kai and you're not Miyagi-Do, then you're probably an asshole. But if you're just like, you grew up and you just get this confidence. Like if I get cut off in traffic and like, or if I'm at a, I'm hardly ever there, but if I'm at a bar and somebody wants to fight me, I'm not more than likely not going to fight him because I was like, I don't have anything to prove. And like, yeah. And like,
0: next, you know, you could, you could really hurt somebody
1: if like, I want, like I'm, you know, I, th- I always had the mentality that it was like, there's always somebody that is better than you. Or there's always someone that can be. So if like the one time I go and get into the street, find the dude's got cauliflower here and I didn't notice it. And he it was like, just fucks me up in front of you. I'm like, Dude. Oh shit. Like God that was the wrong guy to fight. out have everybody <laughs> here, but not like, I've mm. always tried, like, there was a definitely a transition when I was, like, maybe 10 years ago from, like, having something to prove being small. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. Then to just being like, I don't give a shit what people think about me. Like, mm. I'll just train and do what I th- want to do. And just, like, and I like who I am more as a nicer person than I was, like, trying to be this, like, want to be tough it doesn't guy. make you happy. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. like. You, like, like, aggro all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, just, getting tattooed and stuff, like, I was literally, I'd never, like. Some of my friends back home would be like bullshit, but I never thought I was gonna like be this. Car- I got carried away a little bit. Like I knew. Yeah, you're covered. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, you're running of space." I'm like, that's kind of the point. Like, <laughs> you know, I have, I'm getting like, <laughs> this is so stupid because I already have my hands done, but I have an appointment next week because I have this gap right here that no- bugs oh, me. I noticed that. Yeah, I have this gap, <laughs> and so that. we're filling this gap in because I'm just like, I can't. I can't have this gap here. So it's like, once you start down this trajectory, then it's just going to keep going. And then, you know, I know eventually I'm going to get my throat done. Like I already have my neck done. So like, it's gonna, it just, I have to, because I'm, almost 35 and like getting tattooed sucks. It hurts. It takes forever. It didn't
0: used to two
1: weeks. When I was uh, 18, it didn't
0: hurt that bad. Well, like
1: your recovery time when you're younger, it's like you're, you can bounce back from fucking anything, but now like sitting there, like, I don't care what anybody says. You can fight me on this, but like some tattoos, they're, they're small. Yeah. They're not really going to hurt. They're going to be annoying, but like all tattoos hurt. They hurt differently. But as like, I'm working on like my stomach and like my arm and stuff, like, I'm not afraid or shy to use like any like numbing cream or whatever. Cause I paid my fucking dues dude. like, yeah. I can deserve just to sit with like minimal pain as possible because like, it's just like where I started, one of my best friends is a tattoo artist in California. I just started with him and we just kept building and building. And then I, you know, tattoo culture and stuff. So it just like one thing led to another. I knew I was going to have a few, but I didn't think I was going to be like fully covered. Fully covered.
0: You, um, you mentioned something, when we were talking about the the um, stereotypes of fighters that I kind of want to ask you about. And I, I noticed that you've done this, but you said that you were speaking at schools and like basically teaching kids like, okay, like don't do what I did. And like yeah. from my experience, you meant I've noticed that you mentor kids. Like a lot of the kids that you have in the gym, you're like making sure they do their homework and like yeah. staying out of trouble. And how'd you get into that? What made you want to do that? And like, is it their choice or is it the parent's choice? Because when I was a kid, I'd be like, fuck you, mom and dad. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I think it's better because I am tattooed. And oh, so it all started because I was working with, like, I couldn't tell you how it happened. It just kind of happened working with, like, at-risk youth and mm-hmm. stuff. like that. like, the ones that, like, one of my kids, he had an ankle bracelet when he first came to the gym. And now it's off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of happened because... When I was in school, I had like my major was in uh biology and my minor was in human development, which is like a form of psychology and like you can go into social work or whatever after that but like I've always worked with kids teaching taekwondo, so I was always good with working with kids so when I was at uh streets fitness, I had a you know what as I'm talking about it, I just remembered how <laughs> <laughs> funny how that works out so <laughs> Um, I can tell you where it started. So when I worked at Streets, there was the School Faith Christian Academy, I believe it was, that's yeah. like across the street on Ward and 64th. Yep. Um, we had this after-school program where I had a regular youth program for like the parents who would just to have their kids come and do boxing and kickboxing. And then they had a PE class that you can come to Streets and do fitness and boxing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, structured that class how how i would structure a martial arts class because the one thing i didn't want to have happen was teach these kids how to throw a punch throw a kick and all stuff and they just get in a fight out in the yeah because they want to like yeah, get better at fighting exactly. kids and in then the street i have you know no disrespect to white people but i don't need these kids who are like parents coming at me saying like you taught my child this you're liable, follow la. la lot. And I'm just like, Karen. Yeah, sure. exactly. And like, I've had so many parents, like, especially from that, like area come to me and like talk about bullying and stuff. And like, Oh, like my kid did this. And I was like, so like, what's your fucking point? Like, yeah, yeah, they got into it. Like they're, they're kids. They're not going to be perfect. Like, yeah. Your kid is going to go to school and someone's not going to like him just because, i'm sorry that's the reality of how kids are it happened you can't protect kids from everything like you can't protect them from another and i always tell the you kids shouldn't,
2: like, i don't think you should want to no no they have to
1: figure it out it's like, a character building kind of, moment
2: what kind of person what kind of adult are they going to be yeah yeah you, can't like, just you try to them. please
1: yeah. everybody To if you want to be like those people pleaser kind of like a, like a yes man like just to avoid people not like that i think that grows a certain level of insecurity too so like I always told these kids, it's was like, not everybody's going to like you, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean everybody has to disrespect you. So you can, like, if, you know, everybody's had a job where they work with somebody that they don't like, but you can get along because you know you just have to see them at work. You're not going to see them outside or, or whatever. It's like, oh, dude, I have to work with fucking... Kevin again like goddamn oh, Kevin. fucking Kevin, fucking Kevin. God and then it. <laughs> but it's not like you still have respect like hey man like can you do this like, again yeah. like no problem Kevin like no <laughs> <so> whatever <laughs> but like when I started working with them they I, they needed more like the structure versus like just to learn how to kick and punch and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I just kind of found this balance between like running a traditional martial arts style like saying yes sir no sir having respect for you know your uh, peers, like being respectful to your parents, and that just like transferred over into my youth program that I have now, where if you know I have a certain hourly rate, but I always tell the parents I was like if they have bad grades, like C's and D's, and they improve their grades, like they get a discount or they get this or they get mm-hmm. that. So like not just coming to me and like learning how to do fitness and boxing and stuff like like I have a standard, like an ethic stand, like you. Mm-hmm have to go to school. You like, I would say if I had to get good grades, you have to get good grades. So like mm-hmm. I chose to go back to school. Like I put myself through it and I, you know, I make it an even playing field. And then, uh, one of my, uh, clients, Holly Gummerson, she's, uh, an attorney and she works with Jeffco County. And so she's like, Hey, I have a few kids that are like, that could use this structure and stuff like that. So she kind of like led me to work with Jeffco County and their it's called fostering opportunities program. Where they get, you know, for lack of a better which troubled youth and stuff like that. And they get them to do, like, some kids go, like, outdoors or whatever. But a lot of them took to the boxing because, like, they get in fights mm-hmm. anyway. So, was, like, but now they come to me and I'm like, all right, here's the rules. You can't fight outside of the gym. Like, you can't do that. Like, if I'm teaching you how to throw a proper punch and then you're getting in fights, like, you're, like, I can't kick them out of my program because then they learn how to box. They're mad at me for kicking them out. They're mad at the world and all this other stuff. So I was like, you get in a fight, you pretty much have to deal with me when you come to the gym <laughs> You next. have to fight me. <laughs> it's pretty much. It's like, yeah, I, I had one kid. He was kept getting in all these like fights and stuff. Like, I was like, you think you're so fucking tough? You're fighting all these like skinny kids. I was like, all right. I was like, I told him to put gloves on. I was like, if you land one punch on me, I was like, then all good. But he like... And then you know those chains awesome. that we have like hanging at the gym? Yeah. Like I made him do that with like body weights and like burpees and like I just put him through a workout and then like I was like, dude, there's always gonna be somebody that can beat you. Like you're you, you don't need to continue to fight in order to be tough. Like mm-hmm. there's other ways to show that you're tough. And then so, you know, working with their anger issues majority, like giving them an outlet for their anger. And the one thing that I tell them, because we do mentoring too. So like we have a moment where we talk before the workout and I just be like like, what's up? I, I, I've I've seen that. Yeah. I structured my was Like, I will never tell you what to do. You have too many people. It's your parents, your judges, lawyers, social workers. They have so many people telling them what to do, where to be. I was like, I will never tell you what to do. I will give you advice to say, like, I think what I think you should do, or I will give you this like perspective. I was like, was the risk worth the reward? Like, what did you gain after this? And they have to like, look back and be like, well, I got in more trouble. I was like, so was it fucking worth it? And they're like, no, but like everybody just yells at him or they, I always tell them, I was like, you have a target on your back already. These, they just want to put you in the sit, like they just, oh, he got in trouble again, typical. And they write him off, they give him more, you know, jury duty, like, you know, whatever the consequences may be. So I tell him, I was like, yo, I will always be on your side. I was, oh, I will always hear your side of the story first. I'm not going to just be like, Oh, he got in trouble and be like, all right, what happened? Mm -hmm. Tell me your version of the story. Mm -hmm. Like, why did this happen? And then I will be the one to be honest and be like, well, do you think if this didn't happen, wouldn't it have led to, you know? So we just kind of, I give them the outlet to speak freely and safe. And then I was like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to do. Cause you're going to do whatever you want, regardless of how I I was like, oh yeah, don't do that. Like I'm just another person telling them what to do. So now when we talk, it's just they have a better sense of confidence. They have a better sense of, like, comfort, too. Like, they can have somebody to, like, rely on that's just not going to, you know.
0: You're, like, more of, like, a brother. than Exactly. Like, Like
1: some of these kids, I'm old enough, weird enough, like, I'm old enough to be their dad. And so, like, I have, like, a 9-year-old and, like, an 11-year-old. And then they're on a different path. But, like, I still, I have the same rules and the same everything for all my so if you didn't come from jeffco county's fostering opportunities program and you just found me because you saw that you know i have a youth program everybody whether you're considered an at-risk youth or not you have the same rules Mm -hmm. so i can't treat these kids differently because one some get in more trouble than the others yeah and and it's
0: it's only fair that you do that
1: yeah and it it it, it starts this bond because like the parents see the value in it because these kids aren't paying for it and like i have to make i can't If I could do it for free, I would. And so, like, that's... You have. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen you do it for free. Fucking hell. Yeah, but you got to make a living. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think uh, what you're explaining is a really good uh, way to understand how not just boxing, not just martial arts, but, like, all levels of fitness, all sports, pretty much anything that requires discipline, like what we do does, will make you a better human.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent is because I think there's also like this, uh, you don't want to disappoint the people that are like, are looking out for you too, whether you consciously know it or you sub like, you know, like kids in like football or whatever, like oh my coach is going to get on me for this one. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So there's like that, um yeah, I got like, in
0: trouble a lot when I was a kid and like going back to uh shout out Matty Records, my uh one of my baseball coaches, um, or Andy Procopio, my lacrosse coach, if we got in trouble, he'd be like, You fucking kidding me? Yeah. He's like he's like, sit on the fucking bench, goddammit. Yeah. He's like, and Shit, dude, I wanna play. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, like,
1: yeah. so
0: stopped getting in trouble.
1: Yeah, it, it it gives you a sense of like the like I mentioned before, risk versus reward. Like, is it worth it for me to get in trouble? Cause I know I'm going to miss out on this. So like, yeah. I think Mark, like any, a lot of my friends now were transitioning and like the two were, well, I'm not going to say we, cause I'm not, but they're all becoming like parents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they asked me, it's like, what is a good age for my kid to get into what martial art? And I was like, I don't care if it's karate, <laughs> Taekwondo, uh, tai chi or whatever it all depends on like the structure of like how good the instructor is because like Mm -hmm. you know i jokingly about like the cobra kai if you get one studio that just teaches people how to become like fighters and like fight outside you're not gonna have any discipline Mm -hmm. you're just gonna be trained to fight and then be an asshole so if you find that one school that like has the discipline like little kids the point of martial arts for small children is not to teach them how to kick and punch. That just comes with it. It's more like the discipline, like being Mm -hmm. respectful to your parents, being respectful to your peers, being a good person. You're going to slip up. No one's going to be a perfect angel, but you still have that range of discipline Mm -hmm. around you and that just transfers into everyday life.
0: Also, like the concept of Hard work oh, and yeah. like literally getting punched in the face. Once you realize you're not made of, and like something.
2: how that's not like that bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's <laughs> what I was gonna say. Like once you realize you're not, not made scary. out of glass. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, once you realize you're not made out of glass and you can take a hit, you're just like, oh shit! Like okay, like I, okay, fucking. Yeah, It's rip uh, the bandaid off. Movies have ruined fighting for a lot of reasons. Like yeah, there's dope fight scenes and stuff like that. But like, do you think you can like? get kicked in the head three times and just go, oh, and continue to fight? Like, absolutely no, not. No. no, You get kicked in the head this often or punched in the face like that. Like, you've watched every UFC fight. There is, like, there's... Dudes get cracked in the head after, like, two or three punches. They're a little wobbly, and they get their... Yeah. And like, the fight's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, movies, it's, like, oh, a 10-minute fight scene happening. Yeah. And
0: and there's, like... like oh, imagine 10-minute rounds. Yeah. I'm like, what the... Things f- that have pissed me <laughs> off in movies are, like, that. And, like, after having surgeries on hernias and stuff and like literally having my abdo like my abdomen cut open. People that get stabbed in movies and I'm like you, you can't move that. Yeah. You're like no. completely incapacitated. Or they get stabbed like 40 times. Yeah. yeah. But and there's you're like, like the adrenaline. You just paper. like, you like, just tape it up with like yeah. duct tape and you think you're okay. He like, you shot eight times. Yeah. He still <laughs> caught, carried his buddy yeah. off the mountain. Yeah.
1: The guns that never run out of bullets, too? I was like, yeah. That too. <laughs> oh, it's a six shooter, but he's got 12 shots. I know that's weird. But it's like, with that whole structure kind of going in, like, there's a sense of discipline because you like I mentioned before like you understand that you have this ability you can defend yourself if you have to be mm-hmm. you don't necessarily like you don't you, have to go you don't exercise have to act, exactly yeah. and and the the key is is like I'd rather fight somebody who is on the same level as I am who gives me a challenge and stuff like cuz like okay so there's this event called US Open they have the Mexico Open and all these different countries have opens literally if I certify you as a black belt I give you a black belt you have no experience you can sign up for US Open. Oh, you get your ass kicked. Exactly. So there's like a weeding out phase, like the open rounds. Like you have the kids who like want to try and then they realize, all right, I'm either not at this level or I need to train more to get to this level. Okay. Question then. So
0: do you have to do very certain things? Is there um, a structure to how you get your belts or can you just give people belts?
1: Essentially, it's it's school by school, how they do it. There's Taekwondo, there's like the head uh, governing body and like, kooky one that like has all these forms you need to know. Like each belt has a set of movements. So like white, yellow, orange, all the way to black. So you have to know those significant movements, but then anything after that, it's up to the school, what they want to do. Like, Oh, my curriculum says you have to learn these kicks for this belt, these punches for this belt and stuff. like. So it's pretty much structured by the school itself. Every school I've ever worked at or have gone to, has done it differently, but what's consistent is the same belt color. Yeah, That makes sense. So yeah. like, Jiu Jitsu is a little bit different. So like jujitsu Jitsu has a fewer belts than Taekwondo does, but the distance between getting your from white belt to black belt in Jiu Jitsu is the same as getting your white belt, uh, black belt in like Taekwondo. It takes like four to five years because like they have smaller belts or not as many belts, but it takes longer. So like jujitsu, you'd be a white belt for like two years or so, which in Taekwondo, you can be a white belt for two months, but you have all these different belts in between. Jiu-Jitsu has, like, four
2: or five. that makes any sense. Okay. So There's different, like, stripes or whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah, you start as a white belt, and then, like, every few months you go through different movements. They give you a tape, so you're on track to get you to your, you know, brown belt or blue belt. So it's, like, I think jiu is white, purple, blue, brown, black. And in Taekwondo, it's, like, white, yellow, orange, green, purple, blue. You know, mm-hmm. there's just so many more colors of the rainbow because um, it's just a different martial art. You know what I mean? So, but... um with that and like the structure of everything it's uh you kind of see where people's level are at so like i go to us open i usually make it to you know the semifinals or finals i've gone do you still do you still do
2: that do no i i retired uh 3 years ago cuz okay. uh yeah let's let's talk about yeah. let's talk about your like story with uh with all that stuff yeah it
1: i it's it was the hardest to retire from a sport that you've done for 28 years, like that no one prepares you for that kind of reality. And it's just really weird because like you go through so many different levels, like you go through and no, though I can still do it. And like, so Taekwondo in general, when I was growing up in the nineties and like early two thousands, it was, uh, the points were scored by referees, like live food. So like there'd be people and they have these clickers. And then if they feel like you scored a point, they would give you that point. I think that was the better way because it was continuous and it was just a fun fight. You spun more. It was just more fun. And then it went electronic. Mm-hmm. So you had these foot pads and sensors and then your chest oh, protector head sensors, so it was like a, like
2: a laser tag. It, That's wild. Yeah,
1: exactly. And they what they wanted to do was it, like take away like human error because a lot of the controversy Yeah, a yeah. lot of the controversy yeah. was like what you would think was a point versus what the referee gives you. So like mm-hmm. example like UFC like or boxing they'll say like oh that was an early stoppage. Right. You know what I mean? That's referee's decision. The fighter was fine. Da, da da. So it's just it they try to minimize human error essentially. So whatever was the point was what the f- sensor and registered mm-hmm. essentially, but it took a while to get to where it is now, and there was a moment where Taekwondo was just like it was hard. Like, I could show you a video of Taekwondo on YouTube from the 90s, you're like, dude, that's so sick, and I can show you one from like 2000 something, you're like, this is boring, and that was the hardest part because you want to be, you know, an advocate for your sport, but when your sport just kind of like people, other people, like, for lack of better words, ruin your sport and the excitement, they had to change the rules so many times because. Once it went electronic, it started playing to the taller fighter because they were just using what's called a cut kick, and they were just using that and, like, pushing and pushing, tapping to the head. Yeah, just tap. Like, you're not really yeah, doing anything. Yeah, you're any not damage. really doing anything. It was just a boring fight. And then they changed the rules. So it's like, all right, you can't do this for so long. You have to do this. And so they tried to get it better, and it's it's come a long way. But once it went electronic, and, like, I remember going to U.S. Open. My semifinal fight was a kid from China, and we're – all have to weigh in. I was, we weighed in bantam weight, 139 pounds. I'm like five, eight and a half, five, nine on a good day. He was six, three, six, six foot three, 139 pounds. I'm like, dude, fuck you. You have no business being here. What was he made out of tinfoil? He's just a skinny dude. And he's gone to be Olympic champion ever since. And they, they, a lot of people like no disrespect to our friends from China, but a lot of them, like the Taekwondo governing body of China, they were going to like, volleyball players and basketball players and trying to get them to switch sports and be like, do you like, if I want to, he's like, do you want to be an Olympian? Like I can turn you into an Olympian. You're not going to make it in basketball, but I can make you an Olympian in this sport. And then there's a guy from Africa who was a professional basketball player that they transitioned to a Taekwondo fighter because he was just tall and long. Huh. And it was just like this weird, like, I just wasn't having any fun fighting anymore because it was just boring they're six three. I had to like, you know, I, I my whole entire career I fought people taller than me. That's not the problem, but it was just like the way f- the fights turn was boring. Like it just it, it sounds
2: like more of like a more of like a game and less of a fight. Exactly, yeah. and then you just had it's to like, like a tag. Yeah, like yeah, playing tag.
1: It it just wasn't fun anymore, and so like I wanted to like. I didn't want to fall out of love with Taekwondo. And then I was also having like issues with uh with my body. Like I'm missing my labrum from my left hip because of just grind, like bone on bone grinding, just double like abusing my hips because there's a lot of like movement from the hips and like double kicks and stuff like that. So my hip was starting to become injured. And then I had a lot of colon and rectal issues from like just something that happened in 2009. And then I was getting older. So like my recovery was becoming A little different, and like I what, like I mentioned before, I was late on the Fitness part of training mm-hmm. Like if I would have started that sooner Like knew how to lift Know how to use kettlebells Know how to use bands could Know how prolonged to use, it, huh? I could have prolonged my career And yeah. we've talked about this Multiple times at work Like nutrition mm-hmm. We didn't know how to cut weight Oh
0: god yeah You guys cut weight Like wrestlers did yeah. in high school right
1: I literally I would be in a sauna Jump roping with multiple layers And just And then the, my only mentality was like I have to burn more calories Than i take in So I'd go to like Jamba Juice Get like a fucking Uh, veggie shit. I don't know what the fuck I'm putting in my body. It's like, oh, vegetables? Okay, this many calories? Oh, it's liquid? Oh, I can burn that off? Okay. (laughs) And then, like, I would eat, like, if I was dying, like, maybe, like, some form of sugar and honey or Mm -hmm. something in order to just, like, stay alive. And, like, I had no structure on nutrition, no Mm -hmm. structure on weightlifting until way later. And I had to be, like, self-taught with this because it wasn't just... You know, you Google nutrition for fight, and then you, yeah. you got
0: nothing. No, don't Google shit. We yeah. know so much better now. So if, 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 like, if you're listening and you're a parent and you have kids that fight, or if you're a kid who's listening who ha- has to make weight, don't do it the old school <laughs> way. Like, reach <laughs> out to one of us, do it. and we'll tell you there's such better ways. Shout out to Jason Phillips Nutrition and uh, NCI. Yeah. Like, we know how to cut weight safely
1: Yeah, now. and like UFC has even stepped up with their like UFC program uh Whatever they got going, they like they released a lot of the information for how to do proper nutrition for weight cutting and stuff like that. And like Joe Rogan on his podcast has always said, like, people should fight at their true weight. I 100% agree with that. If right now I walk around at 170 pounds or so, bodies by burritos and get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I, I agree with that. Like, people should walk because you like the point. What the fuck is the point of cutting weight? If I weigh in at 139 pounds, and 24 hours later, my fight date, I'm, I'm 150. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah. I don't understand it. There's only a few people that can just walk onto their weight class. Like, even Daniel Cormier, he was heavyweight. He had to cut weight in order to make heavy or even light heavy too. So it's like mm-hmm. nutrition takes a big part. And like, I, when I was younger, I, when, if I didn't want to cut weight for like a local competition, I would just fight at 155 pounds, you know, the, 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 Cutoff was like 159.9. You just had to weigh in under 160. I was like, I don't have to cut weight. I was, I'll fine. That was that. like, I'll just do that. It's a local competition. I don't give a shit. And so, you know, me fighting at a local competition, it was just more for like practice or like training for a bigger competition. But I didn't want to destroy my body. So moral of that story, learn how your body works and what works for you and how to feel yourself while you're cutting weight uh, for anything. It doesn't have to be fighting. It can be for... You know, if you're your a, wedding, yeah, yeah, f- you want to fit in. Yeah, s- sounds like a joke, but if you want to fit into that dress, like a lot of like I s- saw something on like what celebrities would do when they wrap themselves in like ace bandages and like foil and stuff like, just to like sweat <laughs> it out, what the just fuck? to fit into this fucking dress or whatever, and like just get a coach. Yeah, like <laughs> I, we obviously we have a bias as like people in the fitness industry, but like you can invest in nutrition and a coaching and that's going to prolong so many more positive things than just like a quick
0: it's an, also an education yeah so you're learning how to do this for a long time yeah, so to take that when i you. tell you my program yeah. is x dollars for the year yeah you're not just paying for well you're not just paying for my time for a year you're paying for everything i've ever learned right yeah. and you're paying for every other like the years to come that this education is going to last you for
1: it's funny you say that because it's like the, the key that was like what you learned over the years like i always had the same like where you wouldn't hire a chef and have him make you cereal. You know what I mean? Like I can fucking make myself cereal, but like I was having a problem charging people what I thought my worth was when I was doing mitts. And it took like a few people from Relive. Was like, wait, how much are you charging? I was like, well, it's like only this much. Like what the fuck is the matter with you? Like, no, I can't hold mitts. Like, someone can ask me, like, oh, yeah, can you hold this for me? I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That's, like, took you 28 years and, like, 10 years of specific training that not everybody has to do it. You need to know your worth and, like, mm-hmm. charge X, X amount. Charge like, for those 28 years. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was, like, the hardest part. But, like, what, from when I started fighting to now, like, nutrition and the knowledge, like, you genuinely, when I say this, we genuinely didn't know what we were doing because we didn't have the ability to learn it. There is mm-hmm. some people that were, like, nutrition specialists and stuff like that, but... What, like, what a nutrition specialist to me was like Rachel Ray and like these <laughs> fucking chefs. I was like, Oh yeah. Like them, yeah. <laughs> like you know, Gordon Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it like, yeah. 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 Flavor town's going to tell me how to cut weight. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but that's yeah, the awesome. knowledge that people have now, it, that, that's why like you see these athletes continuing to push the limit is because the science behind it is more readily available and it's not like there's specific avenues for specific athletes that they can go down it's not Mm. one size fits all kind of thing yeah
0: and it never should be no no that's awesome
1: um all right so we're at about
0: an hour and so i think it's time to go into our game our guest game and then uh that'll pretty much call it for us so we have today's game is overrated or underrated and i guess you can also answer at accurately rated yeah rated um yeah i got 10 for you here and some of them are just like funny kind of inside jokes um but some i think people get a good chuckle out of and they're also we have some serious ones so this is like quick response okay <laughs> number one
1: apple airpods overrated or underrated it depends on your social status, but I think they're overrated. You think they're overrated? <laughs> well, like, it's like, oh, I have iPod, uh, AirPods on? Like, I'm yeah. better than you. Like, okay. don't, talk, don't talk to me if you're poor. Well,
0: you're just saying that because you just got <laughs> Apple just AirPods. I just so I'm,
1: I leveled up in, social in like, the social world. But if they weren't given to me, I would be like, what the fuck do I need <laughs> Apple AirPods for? All
0: right. Youth fitness, overrated or underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Very underrated. Chuck Norris's roundhouse kick.
1: <laughs>
0: Overrated or underrated?
1: It depends if he's wearing jeans and boots. They're underrated because it's really hard to kick somebody with skinny jeans and boots on, but if he's got the proper uniform on, I think they're properly rated. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> How
0: about uh Instagram or social media for business? Ah,
1: uh, I was I you don't do a ton I of it. I so. don't do it, so I, always, I thought it'd be a good yeah, question. For I have you. the mentality like slow on social media, booked in real life. So I think it could be overrated, but if you do it right, it could be highly underrated. Because mm-hmm. like y- you do a lot with social media and all this stuff, and like it's an avenue for you. But like me, I, like I know how to turn a computer on, and that's about <laughs> it. So like I, I see it as a tool, and it's good. But I, I feel like and this, I'll, I'll make this quick, but like, you know how you see these, like whether you're male or female, you're just good looking you're jacked. And then like, Oh, follow me for like my fitness tips and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they're just a big presence on social media, but they're not personal trainers in their real life. I was like, you're fucking taking money out of my pocket because mm-hmm. you learned a few exercises and you want to monetize. like, no, fuck yeah. you. Like yeah. keep um, doing your real estate or whatever it is that you do and leave us alone. Like, especially mm-hmm. when COVID hit, like, I had to compete with every personal trainer and or like influencer on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do differently? Yep. And they were like genetically blessed and they're like, yeah. hit me up
0: for fitness tips. Yeah. Like, you actually don't know how to do this for yeah. other people. You just don't,
1: you. Yeah, You don't know what you're doing. So I would say it's overrated, but it could if you use it properly in your personal trainer, then it's- And you're educated. And you're educated, yeah. then it's rated yeah. well. Yes. Okay. I like that.
0: All right. Next one. Green text messages, overrated or underrated? <laughs>
1: You're poor. (laughs) Stop being poor. It's (laughs) was like, Paris Hilton once said, I was like, I don't know. It just frustrates you when someone texts you and you just like Mm. green text. I was like, what are you? It's really just the group chat thing. The group chat thing is so frustrating. I don't really think you're poor if you have an Android. I'm just kidding. But it's also,
0: uh, Meg taught me this. If, if you have, if you want to group chat with people and one of them has an Android, you just go to WhatsApp
1: uh yeah well not everybody has one i have whatsapp because i have like family that lives in like other countries and stuff and it's like easier but but, like yeah yeah Yeah, her friends
0: they all literally downloaded whatsapp to let this one person (laughs) i was like you got the best friends ever (laughs) yeah if that was me our friends would be like like, out of the group (laughs) fuck you Be like too bad dude you're not cool (laughs) enough i guess (laughs) all right number six chuck taylor's for training overrated or underrated
1: Underrated. Underrated. If you're weighted Personally, if
0: you're weightlifting, if you're if running and shit, ch- do not run. If you're running, running don't yeah. run in
1: Chuck Taylor's, please. Um, Depends on what you're doing. Yeah. But if you're weightlifting, I don't know. Like, there's the No Bull shoes. You can buy shoes that are $150 and they give you an art or whatever. But, like, Chuck Taylor's when you're lifting is just going to give I you a flat him. surface and you're yeah. going to get better gains. Like, I love Chuck's. As we say, like, I don't want to get into the science with it with you because you're not going <laughs> to understand it. But, you know, it's really hard okay. for me to explain. O- okay, Julian Michaels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, number seven. I don't know why I put this one on. I just thought I might get a funny response from you. Country music, overrated or underrated? Severely overrated.
1: Here's the fucking theory. <laughs> Country music dudes are the first emo kids.
2: They're oh, yeah, because like, it's super, one. it's, so it's super
1: emotional. She my yeah. heart, so I yeah. her jaw. Like, it's all <laughs> she left my heart on the motherfucking road, and I'm crying yeah. over
0: They you. They also, like, talk about what they're doing. They're just like, yeah. the radio's always on. Yeah. They're always driving down the highway They had something. their pickup
1: truck, and, like, I, I get it, but, like, I don't get it at the same that
0: time. That being said, you and I were super, you were way more into the punk rock music scene than I was. Well, I was a pretty fucking emo kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, like, yeah. super emo. Yeah. Um, it's it's just like there's some kind of like I fuck with uh I don't know if she's still considered country or not but like uh um. Uh, Queen Tay-Tay, like Taylor Swift. I'll fuck with her. Oh. Shania Twain. Yeah. She's rad. Like Shania I, Twain's rad. Yeah. Man. I, di- I just learned a couple years ago that Garth Brooks had an alter ego, like Chris Gaines or something like that. It was like a rock oh, yeah. alter ego. Really? <laughs> so that was the cool. He had like the hair and everything. <laughs> you look at no it It's the funniest shit. Garth Brooks, alter ego. Look it up. I'm going to check that out. If you want like a solid five minutes of laughter. <laughs> All
0: right. Number eight well, we've kind of already talked about this martial arts or fitness for building discipline. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Underrated. Yeah. underrated. Yeah, underrated. All right. Number nine, Mr. Miyagi's untraditional training <laughs> techniques, <laughs> <laughs> which
1: is funny because that's what we call retrospect thought. Like you just look like he tells you this, all these things and has you do these things. And you're just like, what the fuck is the point of this? And then like, there's like, Oh yeah. It's <laughs> so, like, why the fuck yeah, am I it, paying this it, fence? Yeah. And like, I was talking to my friend, Mo, uh, because yeah, we binge-watched the new Cobra Kai. If you haven't watched it yet, please do it. It's so cringy and cheesy, but it's so good. But like I said, we used to get in a lot of fights at Del Taco. Just like go to a show, go to Del Taco. It was open 24 hours, and we were under 21. So that's where just all our friends would go after shows. And we would just get in fights with like older dudes who were at the clubs down the street who were like drunk and... Wanted to get food after I was like, yo, if only we did Miyagi dough, (laughs) we would have just been so much better at street fighting. Like, It's just, it's so insane. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: (laughs) All right. Last one. Number 10. And I think this will be a good one. Getting punched in the face or just getting your ass kicked in general, at least once in your life.
1: I think every kid on the planet should get in a fight once. Mm. It even if you get your ass kicked or if you win or whatever, it doesn't matter because what kids need to learn is that like, not you're not made out of glass. So if you get hit once, you're not going to just fucking implode too. you. It, I think that transfers into work life a little bit, because I always say like, if you're so used to like getting your way or like people saying like, there's like the, I, I'm not a parent, so I'm not really going to comment on it, but like, this new parenting styles of, like, coddling your child and telling them that, you know, they can do anything and all this other stuff, which is great for their confidence. But, like, say, like, I own a business and I hire this teenager who's never been told no or never been in a fight or never done anything, he just, like... Is late or is not doing a good, and they have like the right to work thing, which is like you can't fire a kid or some bullshit like that. Like if a kid comes in and is late and is not doing it, it's like dude, I'm gonna fucking fire you. But like now they're just like, oh, it's bad for their, like no, like I you people have to learn what it's like to. Lose, L- yeah, yeah essentially really lose. Like, is, yeah, you know, like Michael Jordan said, like he was the best because he's like, you lost know, so lost many so times. many times. Like, yeah. yeah, Taekwondo. Like, I, there's not many people that go undefeated. Like, I, the reason I moved to Colorado is because I got my ass kicked at U.S. Open, which I usually do pretty well at. I literally the open round I got barely went through. The next round, this kid that I've seen before, he's a kid from Mexico. He literally. Beat the shit this out of me. The floor, it yeah, and I was like looking back, I was like, "What the fuck happened?" Like, I, I don't lose.
2: <laughs> like, so <laughs>
1: it was humbling. It's like I need to make yeah. a change. And so I think I think it's
0: it's almost like if you meet someone, sometimes you can be like, <laughs> "You've never been punched in the face." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Like, and someone I think Mike Tyson said like, "Social media is a way for somebody to talk shit and not get hit in the mouth for it." Yeah, and it's the most true thing because anybody can say anything they want. Behind their keyboard, but like mm-hmm. they wouldn't say that to somebody because they're like, oh, I'm not gonna say that to the fans. They're gonna beat my ass. I was yeah. Like if my mentality is, if you wouldn't say it to their face, you Don't can't say, say it. it. Yeah, you know, 100%, behind a
0: keyboard. 100%. Like, let's also uh, just. Couldn't uh confirm here that like we're not telling kids to go get no, in fights. Do not get We're not in like we're not like <laughs> endorsing this. But
1: I will say defend yourself because there are those kids that grew up thinking like their shit don't stink and they just want to fuck with people. So like I always tell my kids it's like you cannot get in a fight if you're provoking it, but you can hundred percent defend yourself. So I always mm-hmm. tell them there's two parts of it. There's one that says like, leave me alone. Like you've already established, leave me alone. You've kept your distance, your hands are up, leave me alone. If they do it again, you say if you touch me again, I will defend myself. If you vocalize that, that's mm-hmm. like your get out of jail free card. It's so like, yep. touch me again and I will defend myself. And so at that point, the kid keeps fucking with him. Like my kid has every right to defend himself. Game on. Yeah. So there's, yeah. It, not and, everything's black And to or take white.
2: that to like, to le- like you can take that straight to level 10. Too. Oh yeah. yeah. Like corporate you know office mean? too. You don't need yeah. to like, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you walk all over me, dude. Like I'm going to def- stand up for myself. And it just gives them a way. Like if you're in the, you know, work environment and someone's like, you know, taking advantage of you or whatever, you you just learn how to stand up for yourself. And like your guys, shout out to you guys podcast, like how to quit your job and just being like, you don't have to fucking like the best thing that ever did was like starting my own business and like, you know, doing things the way I wanted to do it because like, yeah, I worked at for the Disney corporation. I worked at a bank. I don't know who the fuck decided it was a good idea to give me a job <laughs> at a bank? But they <laughs> did. And That's like, a lot of money. Yeah. I was like, you, you want me to fucking do this? I work at Disney. You want me to be polite? Like, get out of here. So like I've had, and like have worked in hotels and like every customer service job you can think. But like, it's just a way for like, cause people will take advantage of you in a workspace. Mm-hmm. And like, if you've ever been in a fight or in an altercation or anything like that, you just know like, Hey, I'm not gonna, this isn't going to destroy me. I can stand up for myself. And there's, Going to be other avenues
2: for me to like, you know, get out of this shit situation and stuff. Yeah. So I'd yeah. also say like in a in a corporate work environment, there's like so many dudes in there that have never been in a fight and they're like clearly just like pussy as hell. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. They're, but they're they're like a bunch they, of like, like they brads, and yeah, They yeah. like walk all over mortgage people. industry. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and just yeah, just like that knowledge of like. You know, if the curtain was pulled and like all of this was gone away, like you'd yeah. cry like a bitch. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, like <laughs> so it just helped. I don't know. It kind of. I feel like it helps in those situations, just being like, yeah. you know you're resilient. Right, yeah, yeah, I at least yeah, know absolutely. that I could kick your ass if, well, if we weren't if we weren't <laughs> in the office right now. Even so the thing
1: is that helped me understand that like I can get through anything is just going through a weight cut. Because like, think about it this way: Would you? So I always phrase it this way: Like, would you train six months to a year and destroy your body for something that potentially lasted only six minutes?
0: I, I mean, say, it like, depends. Like exactly, it depends exact. so, yeah, yeah, how good that six minutes that is, yeah. six minutes yeah. so it's and like, is but is, you do could, I, will I win something? So that's
1: the thing. Like, no, you're not guaranteed to win anything, and you're potentially going to lose within the six minutes. Like, you have to train six months or a year, you have to cut weight, you have to do all this, you have to destroy it your sounds body. Sounds like kind for of like what six I do. Minutes. It sounds like bodybuilding. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to guaranteed. You know, but see, like bodybuilding is a little bit different than taekwondo than like martial arts because that's you, you don't get just punched the face exactly like. If I'm not on point, this guy's gonna knock me the fuck out and he mm. wants to. And I get it. <laughs> like, it's funny. This is gonna sound so shitty and I apologize, but there's no other way to word it. If you're so, ad- if you're on a, just a different level than somebody and you're fighting, whether it's like jujitsu or whatever, like the scariest people to fight are white belts and beginners because they don't necessarily know what they're doing. There's more chance of me getting injured in this fight. Then oh, if I fight like someone like, on my no, I've heard of this because my actual level. So like sometimes when you are at U.S. Open, you just know you're not gonna fucking like you want to knock them out because you just yeah. put them out of the misery and then just end the fight. You, and you I so you take yourself out of the risk because they don't yeah, they, like
0: someone was talking to me about this how they'll just kind of like. Just keep on trying to force or yeah, like they str- like use their strength to get through something rather than technique.
1: Exactly, exactly. So it's like imagine somebody like who just learned how to like squat or dead like they just learned how to do the technique and they're like, all right, five hundred pounds, let's go. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Let's start nope. a small plates and then like yeah, technique, technique, technique first. And like that's the problem with what the society is not everybody wants instant gratification. They're not willing to work through a process to get you know, to a better result, which is why I feel like my style of training is successful because like, you can't just learn how to throw a 20 hit combination. You have to learn these small baby steps and there's not really a way to learn it online. Mm -hmm. Like you can Google how to deadlift, how to squat, you can find all these things and you can get a better idea, but to like throw a proper punch, build these techniques. It just, it takes years of training to do it. And so I take that and I transfer that to when we do like functional fitness, like kettlebell swings and all this other stuff. I was like, dude, it's like a small process. You'll yep. get there.
0: So. Yeah, yep. I love that. I think that's a good way for us to end. That's 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 pretty much all we've got for you guys today. Uh, obviously, we have plenty more coming in the future. But dude, like, thank share, you subscribe. <laughs> so much for coming on, man. Yeah, um, this was fun. Why don't you uh, let our listeners know, like, where can they find you? How can they get in touch with you to learn more? And uh, ooh, and what's some advice for kids or people looking to get into martial arts or develop discipline in general, just like become better humans.
1: So my business, because of like COVID and everything, it, and you're going to laugh at me, it is going online. And I used to fucking, yes. <laughs> I had a flyer that said like online training, not nah, a nutrition. Nah, because <laughs> it was just two things that I'm more of an in-person, but like I understand COVID and I'm, I'm you know, fortunately, unfortunately, like I'm, taking the lateral movement I'm leaving Colorado temporarily and going to California, but I'm taking my business with me. You know what I mean? I have the options to do that. So I do have an Instagram. It's my last name. R O B L E S dot B F U. And, uh, I will start posting more fitness stuff on there. Uh, took a little bit of a break for COVID whatnot, you know, like just other shit I was posting, but fitness will come back to that. Uh, but you can find me there. Um, You can ask me just where you are in the world listening to this, like what schools I would recommend. You know what I mean? Like you don't just need to ask me for straight fitness advice. You can ask me for like, like you said, for your kids, what kind of school is going uh, in your area because we have multiple Facebook Facebook groups for like martial arts school in every fucking state. So um, hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM. Um, And uh, yeah, youth programming is just pretty much – uh, things are different right now because of COVID and whatnot, but there's other avenues that you, like I have a youth program and I had to change it severely because of COVID and doing one-on-one training. But I would say to the parents, like having a personal trainer for your 12 year old kid is not a bougie thing. It's not mm-hmm. a, Oh, my kid's got a personal trainer and then he's going to go for his massage. Like, no, it's actually a good way to have them have like a certain structure, mentor you that's outside of the home mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, hit me up if you have any questions on like youth fitness or youth, uh, martial arts or, um, fucking Netflix TV <laughs> shows and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Anything. Anything, anything. Really anything. If you want to talk science shit seriously like biology and because a lot of people say they do their research on like current events and like vaccines and stuff like that. Like I will debate you on, you know, why vaccines work, what the scientific method is and why Dr. Fauci isn't an idiot. So if you want to (laughs) learn about those, I have a degree in biology. I will be very happy to help you with that as well. (laughs) Let's go. All
0: right. Dude, thank you again oh, so much, thank you, um, guys. y'all. If you wanna, if you wanna support us, we really hope you do. Scroll down, give us five stars and uh, a, a review. It's super easy to do. We're still trying to get to a hundred. We're getting closer by the day. Uh, also, screenshot this episode, share it on your story. That'd be awesome. Like,
1: share, subscribe, like, share, Hit subscribe. Hit that <laughs> notification button. <laughs> As bing, always, bing. swipe up for merch. <laughs> <laughs> get twenty percent off yet. code with.
0: Code yeah, we got merch Sweet coming. Dude. We yeah, do not have yet. merch coming. Oh, yep. Shit. So can uh, I get a product code, and uh, so I can tell people I, to swipe up, use I my will, code. I will. I will get you a product code. Yeah, um, made it. <laughs> so we got we got struggle to strength merch coming. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Josh Levine Fitness. You can find Travis at Travis Hawk Media. Hit us up. We love to hear from you guys. Thank you for tuning into episode six of the Struggle to Strength podcast. We'll see you next time. See ya. Peace.